Hello, everybody. Welcome back to your favorite podcast. Thanks for participating. I'm Josh. And I'm Sydney. And we're your hosts. And today we are joined by a very, very special guest. You may know her from her world-renowned podcast, Silver Screen and Television Dreams, the one and only Guacamole. How are you, Hello. Guacamole? Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. We are happy to have you on the show after a very, very long time in the making. We originally yes. invited you to come on the show well over a year now, it seems like. Um, yeah, I think it was last summer. Yeah. But the stars have aligned and here we are. <laughs> We're making this happen. Yes. I'm so excited to be here. It should be fun. Awesome. Today, we will be talking about a movie that I saw in theaters. It seems it had to have been upwards of five or six times. Um, I really, really enjoyed it when it first came out. And Sydney had never seen it until last night was the first time that we oh watched gosh. it. We had, we've had this on the docket <laughs> of things to have on the show. That's one thing about starting a podcast like this is we have so many things that we want to like do together. But then there's an element of, oh, but we should wait until we can make a podcast episode about it. And so yeah. <laughs> like scheduling, like it, it's just a, it's a weird way of uh, like interacting with like your uh, mm -hmm. your marriage partner, like having a relationship, <laughs> like we gotta line up our dates with the podcast. <laughs> yeah, we're like, do you want to watch a movie tonight? Sure. Okay, let's check our uh, Google Sheets, <laughs> see it, if there's anybody that we have reached out to that is interested in uh, watching this movie with us. That's awesome. I love that you guys do that. That you're like doing things the other person hasn't done. I think that's so cool. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, there's definitely like Josh and I definitely like had a lot of different things that we like to do growing up. And so it's been fun, like introducing each other to those things. Yeah. What a fun idea. I love it. I also like last night we were watching this movie and I was just, I'm loving it so much. And you, you in the middle of the movie is not the time to, you know, like jump into it and talk about it. But then also just life happens after the movie. And, you know, right. a lot of times when we watch movies together that we don't record on the podcast, our conversation about the movie is pretty short. It's like, well, that was a good movie. Yeah, I like their <laughs> performance or, or, you know, but but like putting in the effort to sit down and talk, you know, an hour about what we just, you know, watched mm -hmm. or something is not only a great way to like dig into each other's like minds about what we really thought about it, but it's it's one of like our our favorite things that we've like discovered that we enjoy about like being married. Mm -hmm. Like the time that we sit down to record podcasts is like some of our favorite time uh, that we like spend together. Yeah, I think that's awesome. It's something that you guys are participating in together. And hey, I, don't hey. Know, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so for the listeners who might not have caught on by now, um, if you didn't see it, it'll probably be the title of the episode. So um, if that didn't already spoil it for you, today we will be talking about Avatar, not mm -hmm. the Airbenders, but the Blue People, <laughs> James Cameron's cinematic blockbuster from the year 2009 Are there any other stats i could just throw out there written directed produced by james cameron <laughs> uh now and has it's like a his second most successful movie or something after titanic i think um yeah i, I think, think so i think titanic was the highest grossing movie at one point i think when avatar came out that like broke the record i think it yeah. held the record up until avengers endgame and yeah. then I think it was in the last year or so that they re-released Avatar in China or something. So it like took back oh. the record. 
but it's nice. it's been like uh what's what's this word swish swashing <laughs> swish swashing uh, i like it we'll go with it wishy washy <laughs> wishy washy on uh who's the the record holder for highest grossing movie of all time but there was a, a long stint of time i'm pretty sure that yeah this movie held the record yeah, yeah. No. oh right um <laughs> I had an idea that okay. we could ask you some get to know you questions for okay. a lot of our listeners who probably have never had the chance to uh, be introduced to the wonderful guacamole. So <laughs> just to Great. break the ice to our listeners, because I know they're dying to know who is this? Yes. They're really hard questions, guest. too. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> At least they were for me. <laughs> I okay. love icebreaker questions. <laughs> Oh, I don't. I, this is my least favorite part about like any new social event or like, you know, starting a class or anything is get to know you questions. And See, the, I like get to know you questions. I hate icebreaker games. Oh, yeah. When they're like, we're going to build this bridge out of newspaper. And I'm like, <laughs> just ask me like what my toothbrush color is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they're always like, tell oh, me, man. tell us something interesting about yourself. And it's just like yeah. such a, it's way too broad. And you're, That's and then true. you're thinking and you're like, honestly, I don't think there's anything. I can't think of anything. <laughs> I'm a boring person. <laughs> am, I, am I even a person? Like, I don't even know anything about myself. Who am I? <laughs> Causes existential crises. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, <laughs> the first question is, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? <laughs> Sure. Um, well, I am from Florida and I am, well, I was a teacher for seven years. And then at the end of last school year, I quit and I became a zookeeper. So quite a life switch. Um, That's actually super African. awesome. <laughs> oh, thank you. I, I work with African animals, so that's really fun. I remember seeing you post about that last year on social media. And didn't you say like you were starting like a new internship at the zoo at the time? <laughs> yeah. So I quit my job and I got an unpaid internship <laughs> at 30 years old. And uh, I, yeah, I got an. Um, I was there for June, July, and August at the zoo in the Africa department. And then at the end of August, they hired me on full time. Oh, that's so, awesome. I Yeah. I, yeah, I knew that you had done the internship and then I didn't dig deeper to figure out, you know, how long it was going to be for or anything. But then I guess I continued to see pictures and updates of you on your story <laughs> at the zoo and stuff. Yes. And I, I was thinking like, wow, this is a really long internship. Uh, <laughs> no, it ended at all. It ended in August, and then I got hired on full time. So oh, that's awesome. It, it was really exciting. I was very, very grateful for how it all worked out because I didn't know what was going to happen after I quit teaching. Going to the zoo is actually also on our list of things to do together. Oh, not because neither of us have like. Well, you've been to a zoo, right? Yeah. Okay, like we've both been to zoos, but like we just have wanted to go to a zoo. It's been a while. Yeah, we have one what? up in Salt Lake City. Um, okay. But we just, like, we grew up on the north side of Salt Lake City, and now we're living on the south side of Salt Lake City. But all, like, a lot of the fun stuff to do in Utah is in that valley. And, but mm -hmm. we just, we don't spend enough time in the valley. Her parents still, like, live up there, so we're, like, driving through it. But we rarely have a um, reason to stop in and do all of the fun stuff. Yeah. Oh, you should. I'm pretty sure, oh, I might get in trouble for saying this. 
I won't get in trouble, but I'm pretty sure that we sent an animal to Salt Lake City just a couple months ago to the zoo in Salt Lake City. I oh, think. Wow. Yeah. I think the last time I was at a zoo was in New York. I went to the Bronx Zoo, but that's a nice zoo. That was like that was like four or five years ago at least. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta love the zoos. Yep, they're good places. Yeah, they're a lot of fun. Okay, yep. this next what? question. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut <laughs> no, you go off ahead. there. <laughs> You're good. Okay, uh, what is your favorite funny story to tell people? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Uh, funny story to tell people. I don't know if this is a funny story or not, but I tell people it. So my brother, <laughs> who I think you're familiar with, um, he and I are only two years apart. And we there was this abandoned house back behind our house. I actually think he and I told this story on the podcast one time. But um, there was an ab- abandoned house behind our house and we wanted to explore it. So we broke out the back window of like their mudroom. Oh, wow. And we climbed in <laughs> and we like explored this house, which was super sketchy because like the ceilings were falling down and stuff. And we went upstairs and there were like pictures strewn all over the bedroom and like jewelry everywhere. Like honestly looked like someone just like died in the house and no one did anything with it. Um, So I took a necklace and I took it back to my mom as a present. (laughs) And I was like, I got this for you. She's like, where did you get that? So I told her, like I had to tell her we got it in the house. And she was very mad that we broke into this house. So I had to return the necklace. But I was too scared to go in by myself, so I just went to the broken window and I just threw it into the back mudroom <laughs> and then I ran away. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so yeah. How long ago was this? Like a year ago? Oh yeah, yeah. Just like <laughs> yeah, just like last year. <laughs> was it before or after starting at the zoo? <laughs> That's the real question. <laughs> it was right before I was really struggling, yeah. So I thought <laughs> stealing stealing some necklaces would help me out. <laughs> I uh sorry, I like my intention was to send you these questions ahead of time so that oh, that's okay. you wouldn't be put immediately on the spot, but I t- totally blinked. <laughs> it's all right. Okay. I like being put on the spot. This next one's going to be a really hard one. What oh, is geez. your best tip for making the world a better place? This is so cliche. I don't know. Well, cliche might not be the right term. And maybe it's only cliche in Sarasota, um, but... Do you really need that straw? That is my tip and question for everyone. Do you really need the straw or can you just drink it straight out of the cup? There you Ooh. go. That's my tip. Ooh, that's I a good one. When you said, do you really need the straw? I thought you meant like, like, hey, straw. Oh. <laughs> no, like a drinking <laughs> straw. I was like, well, now that I think about it, when was the last time I ever had a need for any, <laughs> like a, what, a stack, not a, a like bale. a hay, a like bale a hay bale. Yeah. <laughs> Do you really need a bale of hay? <laughs> no. I um actually that like applies to this movie pretty well, but I am very passionate about the ecosystem and straws are a very easy way to help preserve the world that we have. Avoid them. As I'm drinking out of a plastic bottle. <laughs> I do the best I can. <laughs> well, Gatorade only comes in the plastic bottles, so I finally found Gatorade packets, like uh, powder packets. Oh. That you can do for like individual bottles. So I did start using those, but Sam's Club only sells them in the in the <laughs> plastic bottles. So um. Okay. 
This one also, I think, would be a really hard one. It's what should I ask you that I didn't know enough to ask? What? <laughs> like what? What? You're going to have to ask that question again. Not only is, it, is you... it a hard question to answer, but it's a hard question to understand what the question so, actually means. What should you ask me that you don't know enough about me to ask me? Yes. Oh, okay. Oh, my Atlanta. Um... I found a lot of these on a list on the internet of like good questions to ask on a podcast interview. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe what? Well, I don't know. That's a dumb question. What's my favorite book? A lot of people don't know that I like to read. So maybe that one. What is your okay. favorite book? Hold on. We're not going to ask her that question. The question oh. was just what would the question be? Well, I want to know what her favorite <laughs> book is. I like to read. <laughs> Wait, am I supposed to answer the question? Yes, please. I guess okay, Sydney's great. making the rules now. <laughs> yeah. um, my favorite book is The Scorch Trials, the second book in The Maze Runner. Oh, yeah. That's a good choice. I Thanks. So I, I never read any of those books, but I saw the movies. I don't know how many movies they ended up making, but I specifically remember watching The Scorch Trials on an airplane somewhere. Mm. I don't remember where we were going, but I remember that it was an in-flight movie option. It's a great um, movie. And I'm not even sure if I watched the entire thing. but oh, That's a real bummer. I don't think I ever saw the movies, but I did read the whole series. The movies are good. They're not nearly the same story as the books. They're different stories, but I really love the movies. Yeah, that's kind of what I, you know? Yeah, that's kind of what I heard. And I like had no interest in the movies at that point, but (laughs) they're so good. They're so Uh, good. Maybe I'll have to watch them then. (laughs) Do it. Okay. Um, (laughs) I haven't updated the questions, um, but this next one says, what is your background with Indiana Jones? Because the last episode we recorded was Indiana Jones. <laughs> I mean, I can tell you my background with Indiana Jones if you would like to know. Um, but why don't you tell us about the Avatar movie? Or maybe okay. If you can remember your first time seeing it, just your yes. any background. I was a senior in high school. And I specifically remember being a senior in high school because when the yearbooks came out, the yearbook committee always had to do like something um, like fun to like introduce the yearbook and they all painted themselves blue and then handed out the yearbooks in blue paint because Avatar was like the biggest <laughs> movie that year. Um, so that is like what I associate with Avatar a lot of times <laughs> is <laughs> all these people painted blue. Um, I don't like specifically remember seeing it in theaters. I know I saw it in theaters. I do know even more so after watching it, how much I hate watching this movie. Oh, really? <laughs> I I love the movie, but I like hate watching the movie. Yeah. That probably makes no sense, but maybe as we get into it, it will. I just, oof, it makes me just so angry. That's understandable. <laughs> yeah. It's also a very long movie. Like it's hard to sit down. It is I long. Would, yeah, I was getting a little like, antsy near the end yeah since i'm like pretty familiar with the movie i did fast forward some spots that i like the whole home tree scene i had to just fast forward because i it just makes me so mad so oh yeah it's so just like heart-wrenching yeah Ugh, it's the worst oh i definitely cried last night while <laughs> yeah in the, in you the did. yeah humans are the worst <laughs> yeah in the in the first scene when they arrive to the planet sydney like i noticed that like all of the 
the people on the ship that were coming to the planet were like cast as like were white people cast there. And she's like, I don't know if that was like meant to hmm. uh, signify imperialism or anything. And I was just like, well, that's kind of like the whole point of the movie. And then as we kept watching, right. she was just like, oh, yeah, this is very like Pocahontas-esque. Yes. It's I basically thought about that Pocahontas, this... but with aliens. Yes. I didn't ever think about that until this time watching it. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is like blue Pocahontas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Blue I... giant Pocahontas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I remember watching it this time around and it just kind of like there's like the um the military man who's the bad mm-hmm. guy but also like the the corporate greedy bag dude mm-hmm. that plays golf in his office but um they were just like hitting you over the head with like these guys just have no empathy for life at all mm-hmm. and it was just like it was like almost to the point that it was uncomfortable even for you know the antagonist of a film that it was just like the things that they were saying, the things that they were like consenting to do and just like mm-hmm. sweeping under the rug was just so, you know, like pulling at you and just like tearing mm-hmm. at like every, uh, you know, moral string in your body. Yeah. I mean, the infuriating thing, though, is that, you know, that this happens like every day in corporate America and oh, everywhere yeah. else. <laughs> so. Well, and even like the line where he is. I don't know where what where you were going with this movie, but um, here we go. So, uh, even when he's like, look into Grace's memories, see our planet. There's nothing green there, and it's just like, oh, like that line just gets me every time because it's like that literally is where our planet is headed. And there's movies like this and the Lorax that like people are like, they're good movies, but nobody seems to care enough to make a difference, and it's just so frustrating. Or even like Interstellar, like we've talked about that a little bit, but at the beginning, how like the planet's basically destitute and like full of mm-hmm. dust storms. Like, Ugh, I mean, it's it's pretty obvious what's happening, but like the people in charge just don't care enough to right make changes. Right? Are you uh, are you on TikTok at all? No, I'm an Instagram Reels gal. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I was going to talk about some TikToks that Hank Green. Has made. I think he also posts them on in- Instagram. I don't know if you've ever seen any of his videos. Mm-mm. Um, he. Do you know who Hank Green is? I do not. Oh, he's um John Green and Hank Green are brothers, and they like they kind of pioneered like content creation on the internet. Um, okay. In like the really early days of YouTube with their YouTube channel, I think it was about Vlog Brothers. But anyway, um, Hank well, Green has like made a career in science communication. Um, okay. and like correcting misinformation and stuff and he joined tiktok and he's just kind of been like uh all of these people like he he made crash course biology and chemistry and stuff so a lot of a lot of uh people our our generation grew up watching these youtube videos to help them get through their high school and college classes and in science and stuff and so when he joined do you mean like the literal youtube like crash course yes yeah like crash course course history and and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah I used to watch those all the time when I would lesson plan. I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> what can yeah. I do real quick? Yeah, yeah so anyways. John Green did the, um, the history. Stars. I was going to say the history crash courses and the literature crash courses. Oh. And then Hank Green did the science ones. But anyway, gotcha. he, okay. he, when he joined TikTok, everyone just kind of like looked to him as the authority figure on science and they'd anything that they didn't understand how it worked, they'd tag him in the videos, be like, Hank Green, how does this work? And he'd like respond and be like, actually, it's pretty cool. And, but he's been making a lot of videos recently trying to comfort people that are having like 
um, crises about like the environment and mm. people that are like having a lot of anxiety. And he's saying like he's he's going in, he's saying like I've put like twenty years of effort into this, and because a lot of people feel like we're past the point of no return as right. far as like the climate crisis goes. But he's saying like it's it's bad and it's going to get worse before it gets better. But like we're not past the point of no return. And so he's he's talking a lot in his videos about. Like there's still cool. like there's still things that we can do. Here's how we're gonna do it. We just like need to get people to like help us. So yeah, yeah. It's I feel like I mean that's what this in my humble opinion that's what this movie is about. It's about like human nature of destroying what we have and not caring who's in our way. I think there's so many layers to this movie, but I think that's one of them. Mm-hmm. I think especially just the fact that the the um, resource that they are going to great lengths to get is literally called unobtainium like you're, I know. you're not supposed to have this it's not it's not something that you're able to obtain but you're going right. to such great lengths to to reach like it's it's never good enough right like you're going yeah. further and further and further exploiting more and more people to get to something that's unobtainable right did you guys watch um the hundred at all no, but I have. No. I heard. Uh, Is that the one with like the nuclear fallout and the teenagers? Yes. Okay, I heard of it, but I never watched it. It reminded me a lot of that show, just because, like, well, first of all, they're called Sky Crew and Sky People, which is what they call the humans in this movie. But also, just like in this movie, it bothers me so much, which reminded me a little bit of Pocahontas that they always call them savages. You know, like these yeah. savages out here, and it's like. Uh, are they? I mean, you're the ones that came to this planet. Like, this is their planet. How are they the savages? You know what I mean? And just that, like, it is such human nature. This happened in the hundred all the time, too. Just like, it's just such human nature to refuse to understand people who aren't like you. And that whatever they're doing, because it's different than how you would do it, it makes it weird and savage and unacceptable and that really stuck out to me when I watched it this time how many times they called them savages yeah I was noticing that too and it's kind of ironic because you know they're the ones that are like the humans are the ones that are going in and like wrecking everything Mm -hmm. and I think that would be like more of like a savage than like the native people who were Mm -hmm. like kind of refined and like one with the land right and like knew how to live off of it without destroying it Right. They understood it. They understood yeah. how it worked. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's almost like this false conflation of wealth with civility. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. if if you live in, you know, what you would consider poverty, you must be a savage. But like the more you have, the more technology, the more skill or, or whatever, mm-hmm. the more that you have control over the landscape or, you know, people underneath you, then the less you're a savage or the more dignified or civ- civilized you are. But then you look at because that's that's kind of how these people in this movie viewed the Navi. But you look at them, they and their connection with nature, their tradition, uh, everything. They're like the furthest thing from savages, even to the point like the very first time that you're introduced into Neytiri. Is that her name? Mm -hmm. When she has to save Jake from all of the dogs, she's like crying about it. And she's like so upset that she has to like harm these like living creatures and that she like, you know, with a with prayer and solemn like sends them back to Awa and she's so upset by that. And that's like very clear from the first moment you're introduced that mm-hmm. these are, these are not savages. These are very, very kind, um, empathetic individuals. They value life in all forms. 
Yeah. That was one of the things that stuck out to me, too, is the way they, like, treated the reverence, even when they hunted, like, they were still, like, very reverent of life and, mm-hmm. like, recognizing, like, their praise sacrifice and, mm-hmm. you know, just, like, their respect for animals. I mean, I l- am a huge animal lover, and so that, like, really stuck out to me. I was worried because I know that you've mentioned that you can't watch movies where animals die, and there were a couple of times <laughs> where they had to, like, kill an animal in this movie. Well, it's like... I can watch like hunting, like I know that happens, but when you have like a pet that you get emotionally attached to, like Marley and Me, that <laughs> movie, say, like Marley and Me, <laughs> that movie destroyed me. <laughs> Where the red fern grows. Yeah, like, that too. Yeah, uh, re- reading that as like a thirteen-year-old and I, yeah, I can't not being able to smile for a month. <laughs> yeah, I can't do it if there's like a dog or a cat that dies, like or even like a pet mouse like i can't do it but it's fair yeah but like the hunting aspect i get and they don't get you emotionally attached to those animals right i did want to um bring up sydney and i kind of have like a different way of like absorbing the tv or or movie or whatever like i can't have like my phone or any distractions because like i'll look down at my phone and then look up and be like oh wow it's been like five minutes and i have no idea like what just happened (laughs) But, like, Sydney, on the other hand, she'll, like, be working on something or mindlessly, like, going through a puzzle or a game on her phone. And, like, she does that and is able to, like, absorb more of, like, what's happening on Hmm. the TV. And, like, there are some times, like, when we first started this podcast where we would be watching a movie specifically to cover it. And it would, like, stress me out. I'm like, we're going to have to, like, record an episode on this. I don't know how much you're, like, (laughs) taking in. But, however, last night we had, like, scooped up ice cream to watch this movie. And... She like finished her ice cream and hadn't even like set her like empty bowl down and was just like <laughs> wide eyes like at the TV like in the you know first 10, 20 minutes and she it almost looked like she wasn't blinking she wasn't breathing she was just like taking it in. <laughs> I her was phone. breathing. I was like, definitely she breathing. Her phone out of her pocket <laughs> and I was just like, "Are you okay?" And she was just like, "I have no idea what I was expecting, but this was not it." And so I just yeah. I wanted to know like what were your expectations? about what like this movie was about. My expectations? Yeah, what was your like first impression or preconceived notion about this movie? Okay, I really all I knew about it was what I saw on the cover of the, you know, like the like movie cover or whatever. So I knew there were blue people and I knew uh <laughs> Zoe Saldana Saldana was in it. And that was about all I knew and I was not expecting like any humans to be in it. I thought it would just be a movie about like a different planet. But yeah, I definitely wasn't expecting like a deeper like colonization um method or message, but mm-hmm. I thought it was it was not what I was expecting, but it was really really good. Awesome. I feel like I mean, I wonder like how many people went into it not realizing how not subliminal the subliminal messaging is in this movie <laughs> yeah. you know like it did just kind of look like a movie that was going to be about these fun alien creatures another planet and then it ended up being very very th- there was a lot of um uh, i can't i don't know what the word is that i'm looking for but other than messaging they they had a they had a reason for making the movie i wonder how many people were kind of shocked by that or like yeah. how many people were whose like personal views differ from mm. like people who side or like you know, the people who like place more priority on the rights of uh, business and corporation mm-hmm. and things. Like how many people were offended 
that they came out. Yeah, I wonder. I I don't appreciate going into this movie and feeling like, (laughs) uh, you know, this woke uh, (laughs) woke agenda is being shoved down our throats. Sometimes it's uncomfortable to have a mirror held up to yourself. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. It's Um, a good one, though. I did have another thought that I was going to bring up. Okay. I'm not going to lie. It did kind of kill me how they used papyrus for all the subtitles. Like the font papyrus. Oh, oh, sorry. I was like watching it with actual subtitles. So I was like, what are you talking oh. about? But you mean like they're like. Yeah, the, um, for the Navi alien. Language. Yeah, Navi language. <laughs> it was like very pretty. <laughs> it it killed me because that was like, I think it was like sixth grade or something. We all discovered papyrus and we had to write, um, we had to write like m- stories every friday and then we'd like read them out loud to our class and we started turning them all in on papyrus and my sixth grade teacher went crazy funny (laughs) she's like i don't want to see this font anymore (laughs) that's so funny so i don't know to me it's just become kind of the joke font no comic comic sans is the joke font i was gonna say it literally has comic in the name (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's funny um i was kind of prepared to revisit this movie and think, oh, these visuals didn't hold up well because it's been, what, 13, 14 years now? And at the mm-hmm. time that it came out, it was heralded for being revolutionary, right. groundbreaking, the best, like pushing boundaries as far as this kind of technology goes. Um, And I was prepared to watch it and be like, oh yeah, we've come so far since then. But honestly, I couldn't see anything that was you know, didn't hold up. And I was like, still like yeah. taken, taken aback, like, especially like the very, very last frame of the movie when it zooms in on mm-hmm. um, his avatar's face and then he opens his eyes and you can like see the pores like yeah. on his like skin. And I was, I was still just impressed by like every shot of the movie, all of like the, the sweeping frames, like that explore the landscape and mm-hmm. the environment that they're in, in this new planet. It was it's still just just as breathtaking as like when I first saw it in theaters. Oh yeah, yeah. It's I. F- Sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. It is unusual. I feel like it was unusual to have a CGI character that has the same face. Like I can only really think of the Hulk as another example where it like still looks like whoever plays the Hulk. Mm-hmm. Mark what Ruffalo. Is that Thank you. Edward Norton. (laughs) I kept, no, not him. Um, But like that, um, I feel like was not normal to have like this character that's clearly going to be a CGI character, but it still has the same face as the actual character or the actual actor. And I'm still impressed by how much it looks like them and doesn't look CGI. It doesn't look, I don't know, like even when they talk, like their mouth moves the way it's supposed to. I don't know. I just thought it was gonna, yeah, look a lot more hokey now. Um, but I thought that was—it's just crazy that that was like new, and it was 13 years ago, and it still looks really good. Yeah, that—that yeah. that reminds me of a point that I wanted to bring up. I looked up a list of all of the the movies, specifically American film, that like came out that same year in 2009. Um, did either of you see like the Disney's Christmas Carol, where like Jim mm-hmm. Carrey voiced all of them? No. Yes. I think I'm pretty sure that was on the list that came out the same year. And that one was just creepy. Like the because like unsettling of the yes. animation, the CGI. 
um, because that was that was like the same. Wasn't that similar animation to like Polar Express? Yep, that's exactly yeah. what like, I was gonna say. It's animated, but it's real, and so your brain doesn't know if it's animated or if it's real. Right. Yeah. That's uh uh. It's called like the Uncanny Valley, where it's like the closer that things appear to be real, like the more your brain enjoys them. But then there's this weird like dip where mm-hmm. if it's just close enough to looking super realistic, but not quite there, then your enjoyment like plummets and you're unsettled. And but then once it crosses over to just hyper realistic, then your enjoyment goes like way up. Interesting. And so there was this there's this. Yeah, this time where the technology hadn't crossed that valley yet. So there are things like the Christmas Carol, um, Polar Express, where you're just watching it and you're like, something's not right. And you're kind of like your brain is in like defensive mode because, Mm -hmm. you know, there's this primal instinct of like something's, you know, it's imitation. It's not real. But then this movie, like there was no uncanny valley like anywhere. It was all just like super, super enjoyable, satisfying to watch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I was super impressed with all the visuals of the landscape and like mm-hmm. the flowers and all the lights. I thought it was all like super just beautiful. Maybe that's more mm-hmm. of a design aspect than like a than an animation aspect, but it was like stunning the mm-hmm. the jungle. I loved when in the scene when um he he spends like that first night and he's uh he meets Nateria for the first time and um, I can't remember if it's before or after that, but he realizes that like all of the plants are starting to glow in the dark. Mm-hmm. And then he like looks up and you can see the reflections of like the, the lights and stuff like in his eyes. Right. And, and even that how, their like, the skin like bioluminesces, like yeah. you can his shirt is ripped and you can like start to see his like shoulder is bioluminescent. And yeah, the I that's the bioluminescence world really blew up after Avatar. A lot of people really got into it. Have you, this is totally unrelated, but it reminded me of something called tribal luminescence, which is like, uh, like if you've ever seen, like if you take lifesaver mints and you like chomp on them in like a super dark room in front of a mirror, you can see that it like lights up your mouth. Yeah. Like sparks. Yeah. yeah. Or like I didn't if know you, that's what that was called. Yeah. Uh, or if you get like two rolls of duct tape and you put like the sticky sides together and then you like peel them apart like really fast, then the line where they're like separating like. It becomes like a bright green, and this, yeah, that's tribal luminescence. What really? Yes, that's really cool. I'm gonna have to try it. <laughs> that's so crazy. What causes it? Um, I'm I don't think that there's a for sure like explanation. Um, but it also might just be that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just I remember watching there was this, this was years and years ago, but I think I saw this. Uh, oh no, my battery's running low. I should probably get my charger. I don't know where that is, but that, that was also a different. Um, YouTuber that I really liked watching, um, I think, is where I first heard that. But that was years ago that I watched a video and they would set up like slow motion cameras and then take a hammer and like smash uh, lifesaver mints with the hammer and then show like all of these like green sparks in super slow motion. It was super cool. That is really cool. Gonna have to try it. Let me pull up. I I took a couple notes um, about this movie. I can't even find my notes app. Um, I can't remember what, what were we what were we talking about right before we started talking about the bioluminescence. Does anybody remember? Oh, the graphics and the animation slash oh, CGI. Right. Oh, right. I I made a list of movies that came out in two thousand nine just to put you in the 
in the headspace so you can <laughs> understand how big of a movie that and big of a deal this was. So uh, these are like the top movies that came out that year. Paul Blart, Mall Cop, <laughs> Open Season 2, Coraline, Bob the Builder, On-Site, Skyscrapers, Jonas Brothers, The 3D Concert Experience. Oh, no. Uh, Barbie Presents, Thumbelina. Oh, wow. Uh, Race, to Witch, Race to Witch Mountain, Monsters vs. Aliens, Fast and Furious, Hannah Montana, The Movie, 17 Again, X-Men Origins, oh, Wolverine, um, Thomas and Friends, The Great Discovery, Star Trek, Angels and Demons, Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian, Up, The Hangover, The Proposal, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, Ice Age, Dawn of the Dinosaurs, Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, G-Force, Aliens in the Attic, G.I. Joe, The Rise of Cobra, 500 Days of Summer, Halloween 2, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs, Jennifer's Body, Paranormal Activity, A Christmas Carol, Fantastic Mr. Fox, Planet 51, A Twilight Saga, New Moon, The Princess and the Frog, Alvin and the Chipmunks, The Squeakwool, and Sherlock Holmes. Oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. There's some real good ones in there. And there's yeah. some real doozies in there. Yeah. yeah. What well, a year. As, as I was watching yeah. it, I was thinking, like, that was a great year. Like, there was a lot of animated movies that, you know, Up, Princess and the Frog, both of those were, like, huge movies as far as animation goes. And they're, mm-hmm. they're great movies to watch, except that they don't try to be, like, realistic. They don't try. They, they're meant to be cartoony. And so because right. of that, like, we're... We don't have any of that uncanny valley, but a couple of those movies that try to use computer generation like Christmas Carol or even X-Men Origins Wolverine, mm-hmm. um, they are unsettling and they don't hold up. But whatever James Cameron put in his bowl of cereal, it just worked. Okay. Yeah. That movie's like really held up. He definitely puts out some of the best movies ever. Do you think so. that it has anything to do with the fact that like the... They're just a completely different alien race. Like, they're not trying to be human. Maybe. But I think it also has to do with James Cameron's notorious perfectionism for his movies. Um, like, I think, I'm I'm not sure, don't quote me on this, but it's either this movie or something else that he had spent, like, 20 years, like, putting together before it came out. Oh, I'm pretty sure that's this movie. I know. I was thinking that that's, like, what the whole thing was, that it... Like when he finished Titanic, he like started Avatar and it's like he took this whole time to like Mm -hmm. make this movie. I thought, I feel like I remember reading about that. And I'm pretty sure that's why the sequel is coming out this year is because he wanted to wait for the technology to catch up to his vision. That and also he wanted to, is the mic falling over? No. Because the I have like a backpack. Oh, you can probably see the backpack. It's like trying to hold it because when we were setting it up, it kept like tipping, which is weird that it would tip when it's on like a tripod. So that's supposed to n- not let that happen. It's funny. Um, What was I saying? I totally forgot. I was just Why talking- he's waiting till now. Oh, right. He yeah. wanted to, because there's like five sequels or something. And yeah. he wanted to like work on them all at the same time. So then- you can just like release one and then the next year release the next one or or every other year or something. So it's not work on the like next one the for wings. 10 years and then Lord work on the next the one for 10 wings. years. Yeah. Yep. Can we talk about the sequels for a second? Yes. Okay, great. Because um Parker, the the like uh the guy that plays golf and the the guy that's in Sneaky Pete. Do you know who I'm talking about? Yep. Okay. Parker. He's the like corporate the... greed guy. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. He is listed as being in all five movies. Okay, I was looking at the second one that's coming out this year, and Sigourney Weaver and 
the um the army the general guy too are also listed in being the, in the second movie. I I don't I I don't get it. Cause I'm I'm gonna be like a little annoyed if they just like for the next five movies just keep bringing humans back to Pandora. Like let's have a new problem. That's all yeah. I have to say about that. But are the were, were you? Seeing yeah, I wonder if it it's like flashbacks on the confirmed. I wonder like IMDb or was it you know how you look up a movie and like Google will like have oh, all the things because those are based on like Google search results and so they're not always like super accurate. Okay, I'm, it was Google. I'll check um IMDb. I'm pretty sure Parker's was on um, IMDb because I was I couldn't remember if he played Frank Buffet in Friends or not, and if that was the same guy. Um, and I rem- oh yeah, I, I remember seeing that. Yes, Parker's in there, but so is Sigourney Weaver. It's so weird to me. Yeah, maybe a flashback situation. Oh yeah, and so is the general guy. I'm hoping Does it's he- a flashback. Yeah. Did he end up surviving though? No, he was totally. Yeah, it seemed like they. I also fast forwarded that part because I just was like, I don't feel like watching this fight scene. (laughs) Well, it seems like they like broke his mask, and when your mask is broken, you can only survive. Right. Plus, he got shot in the chest with huge arrows twice. Yes. Yes. That's all coming back to me now. I remember. Yeah, I don't want it. I mean, it's such a good story. I wouldn't want them to like ruin it with like a soap opera plot where they're bringing back. Right. Because the only one of the three that survived was the Parker guy, and he, um, like was sent back to Earth, right? Yeah, it'll be interesting too to see if Max and Norm are gonna be avatars or if they're gonna still be human because they well, were chosen to stay on Pandora at the end of this movie, right? Did Norm have an avatar though, or yes. Norm he did. did? Did Max have an avatar? I don't know. So it'll be interesting to see if they like build him one yeah i don't know well i'm curious um i think i heard that the sequels will it's either exploring the rest of pandora or exploring other planets but Hmm. like if you noticed pandora was in this system of like several planets and there's the huge one that you saw it almost seemed like pandora was a moon of this other planet Mm -hmm. um in the first like opening scene as they're like approaching, there's this huge backdrop. And then like throughout the movie, you could see in the sky, like this huge Jupiter right. looking thing. So I'm wondering if that's like the water planet or something. Cause this next oh. movie is called the way of water. And there's like images of them like swimming and stuff. So right. I just, I just assumed it was Jupiter because isn't Jupiter like a couple, like five light years away or whatever. No. Okay. never mind then. No, it's not going to be a, a light year away. Or it's probably um, like five years away, just like traveling, like normal, right? Well, let's look. How long? I'm trying to. Did it take? It takes about to... nine months to get to Mars. So, but there's a big gap between like the, the solid planets belt. and the mm-hmm. gas planets. Yep. Oh yeah. Um, Galileo spacecraft looked like it took six years. Mm. Nice. So I just assumed that like Pandora was a moon of Jupiter, but I think the way they described it makes it sound like Pandora is like because they have. Oh no, no, that's fine. We seems like every time we try to record a podcast, something goes wrong, and so it's like something in the internet is trying to stop us from doing this. That's how you know it's the right thing to do <laughs> when there's so much opposition. Yes, 
I am back in business. Awa has heard our prayers. (laughs) (laughs) Great. I don't even know what we were talking about. Cryo sleep. That's what we were talking about. I think we were talking about like how long it would take to get to Jupiter and then the cryo because they were in cryo for five years. But I think the only time you use cryo sleep is if you're traveling faster than like the speed of light or something. Because if you would only be traveling from here to Jupiter, you wouldn't need to use cryo sleep because you're going to age the same. You don't need to travel at the speed of light. But if you're going to like a different galaxy, you need to travel at the speed of light so that you don't age. And so you have to be in cryo sleep. I think Hmm. so when the faster that you are moving relative to the speed of light, the slower time goes for you. Um, It's called time dilation. So like if so say you travel approaching the speed of light, then you come back, everyone else will have aged except for you. And so my my thought is that if you put yourself in cryosleep when you're going that fast, it will just increase the effect of the age difference when you come back. Oh, I thought it was supposed to freeze you so you don't age. Like I thought that was what cryosleep does. I was thinking And so then you only do that when you're going really really far yeah yeah i was thinking it was going like so you don't age when you're traveling far but not necessarily because you're going fast yeah oh oh oh, oh. so i see what you're saying traveling like 100 years or something but you'd use cryo sleep but yeah i don't know i was just assuming it was really far and since they only got there in five years they were going really fast that could be true too that was what i was thinking but i don't know I did think it was really interesting, though, that they put them in cryo sleep for only five years. Like, that was something that I was like, huh, that that's kind of interesting. Like, it seems kind of high risk for such a small amount of time. Yeah. When- Which makes me wonder if they're going fast, because then you couldn't. Can you function? Can your body function going that fast? Um, It depends on how large, like how long it took them to work their way up to that speed, because mm-hmm. all velocity is relative. And so, like, your body is not, like, a super great speedometer. Like, that's the reason mm-hmm. why, like, when you're, like, traveling on an airplane, you can't really tell that you're going, like, 500, 600 miles per hour. But your body's a really good accelerometer. So, like, it can feel like G-force when you're, like, you step on the gas pedal or, or anything. And so, like, the G-force of, like, if you go from, like, 0 to 60 in a second or, or if you go from 0 to light speed, like, instantly, like, the G-force would be what would affect your body. But going mm-hmm. at, like, relativistic speeds, as far as the force goes... That would like Newtonian mechanics wouldn't like have a deal. I'm not super familiar with like the relativistic effects of large mass traveling at there. Mm-hmm. Like that would require infinite amounts of energy. And I'm pretty sure you would like explode and create like a massive black hole that would suck everything in around you and stuff. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I don't know. I just assumed it was really far away. Cause why would you put someone in cryo sleep if it wasn't really far? Yeah, it totally could be. And may. Yeah. Yeah, that was my thought. It was just that it was so far and it was going to take so long to get there and they like couldn't go fast enough to get there before they age so that they put them like in cryo sleep so that they could go to sleep and wake up and they're already there. And that like they can do that no matter how long it's going to take. If it's going to take a five year journey or a hundred year journey or 200 years. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Because I mean, if you think about because it seems like they travel in between the two planets like pretty frequently especially if they're right. like mining and bringing stuff back 
if you've got someone who's like on like carrying the cargo back and forth, like they're going to do that trip like four times and they're dead, you know? And so right. I could see them doing it just to like lengthen people's lives. Right. Yeah. I never really thought too much about that part of it. I just was like, oh, yeah, they're in cryo sleep. <laughs> or if you think, um, have you seen Interstellar? No. I mean, I know like what the story is and stuff, but I've never actually seen it. We we had just watched it uh, as one of our recent episodes, but there's this part where um, this guy um, stays in the this space or stays in the spaceship that's in orbit around this planet, and everyone else mm-hmm. goes down to the planet where they experience time dilation because it's orbiting a black hole. Oh, and, interesting! And then when they go back up to meet him, he's aged twenty five years, and so like it wasn't the distance like or anything, and so they were wondering like, oh, well, why didn't you like put yourself in cryo sleep and he waited like the whole time he was waiting 25 years for them to come back up huh and so man that stuff is weird that stuff hurts my brain oh yeah for sure (laughs) yeah but i don't even know how we got there oh we were talking about the sequels maybe going to that big planet yeah i don't know i will say i'm really excited to see it this year yeah i think they just came out with a trailer like today really well did dr strange come out today i think that's tomorrow it's supposed to, because I tried to find it, the a trailer today, and the only thing I saw was like clips of this movie, and then it said, see the official trailer um, playing before Doctor Strange in theaters. Oh, interesting. Oh. So it sounds like it's not coming out until whenever, doc- till tomorrow. Not tomorrow so, night then? Yeah. So... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what it's going to be. The Way of Water. I don't like that title, The Way of Water. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cheesy. Well, people in, yeah. people in my office at work were saying how the past 10 years, there's been confusion whenever, whenever anyone talks about Avatar, whether it's the blue people or whether it's Avatar <laughs> The Last Airbender. But yeah. now the next one's Avatar The Way of Water. And what's... And so they're like, now it seems like it's going to be even more confusion about like, is, right. this, is this about the blue people or is this about like <laughs> the elements and right uh, bending, water bending? I wonder if they like have named any of the others. Yeah, I think one of them was called like the, I was going to say the Tuscan Rider, Tuscan Raider, but it was like Tolkien something. The name The Way of Water makes me think of that uh, movie that came out. The Shape of Water. That's what that makes me think of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the one in 2026 is called The Tol- the Tolkien Writer. Oh, and it's ooh. number four. But I don't know why that one is named and Avatar 3 is not named. So. Sounds like a real George Lucas situation. Which, happy Star Wars <laughs> Day, by the way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Hey, you're welcome. Wait, is it The Tolkien Writer as in like someone who writes? Or like writer as in like riding a horse? Ride- writer as in... I'm pretty sure the the Tolkien was that what they called like the banshees like you know the birds that they flew on. Oh, I thought they just called them banshees. Well, she said like we like he said that it was a banshee, but I don't know what she called them. I don't think she called them Tolkien's. The name was like whenever they said the like oh no that was the shadow thing T O K U S or whatever. Oh, the banshees are called Ikran in the Navi name, and then the um, the big one that was the last called the last shadow was Taruk, and so they called him Taruk Makto because that's the yes. writer of the last shadow. So Tolkien writer is some, probably something different. A brand new animal. Hmm. <laughs> it's 
it's going to be a crossover between Lord of the Rings. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Speaking of Avatar. crossover between Lord of the Rings, I did want to say there were um, so many sound effects in this movie that sounded like either from Lord of the Rings or Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Like yes. the, the Banshees, when they would screech, it sounded like the Nazgul and mm-hmm. the horses, when the horses would like yelp, it sounded yes. like the raptors from- Yes. Like I could probably put in like clips of like those sound effects like in here, like side by side and you wouldn't be able to tell oh, the yeah. difference. Yeah. I thought about that with the horses. I was like, that sounds like the dinosaurs. <laughs> For sure. I totally missed that. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. Next time. Next time you'll notice. That's Will that's, you watch uh, it again, Sydney? Oh yeah, for sure. Okay. I felt like that was like one of those movies that does a really good job of transporting you into the world. Um and that's like one of the things I like I just love that. And I think that's one of the reasons like why Eternals is one of my favorite Marvel movies because I felt like they transported me into like their world. But I felt like Avatar like also did a really good job of that and it just you know, you feel the emotions um, that they're feeling and stuff, and it just makes you want to like watch it over and over again. So yeah, it, it, yeah, I agree. I concur. I think that was all the notes I had taken down. Oh, one thing that I thought was interesting was let me just fact check myself. <laughs> I thought you said you, we don't fact check on this. Oh yeah, I think in like podcast. one of the first episodes, like I said that our motto was going to be "Don't fact check us." Well, you said <laughs> that on the episode that came out today, the Star Wars episode. I did? Yeah. I don't remember. Ah, with Riot. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, You're getting the whole Lehman clan today. (laughs) Um, Oh, but I was, so I was watching the movie and they kept saying things or someone would show up where I was like, oh, this is like a tie-in from, you know, Fast and Furious or something. But she kept like in the final act, she kept calling herself Rogue One. Yes. uh, In the fight scene (laughs) in her uh, helicopter. And I just thought yeah. that was like so interesting that this was, um, I guess, t- seven years before Rogue One came out. Yeah. The, the Star Wars movie. But that was interesting that she was like her call sign was Rogue One. Yeah. I can't not think of Star Wars when I hear it. Like, obviously, when I saw it before, I'd never really thought about it. But every time she said it, I was just like, ah, Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sad they killed off her character. <laughs> that ending part to me. Like I said, I fast forwarded a lot of it because it just like makes me so angry. But like they killed off so many people. I mean, <sighs> I see why they did it. Like, I feel like they needed to um, kill off a lot of people just to show like how much of an underdog they were and like really nail in, like hammer in uh, the effects of like greed and destruction and just yeah. kind of like the we take what we want attitude and so i see why they did it and i do see why it was necessary but her character was so cool (laughs) i know i yeah she's i love her in every movie she's in so yeah i did not like that she she died that was unfortunate i so watching this movie i was last night i was thinking about when it first came out how just kind of excited it made me just because watching not not that i'm excited about climate crisis or uh imperialization or or anything just just the element of there are these bodies that were like 
where you like you mixed your DNA and you grew it and then you you sit down in like almost like a simulation and it like sends mm-hmm. your consciousness into something else. That was just something I that was like so n- new mm-hmm. and like interesting to think about and to see it explored in this way. And the fact that he was paralyzed from the waist down and all of a sudden gets the chance to like walk and run on his legs again using a body that was like created for his brother. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember like thinking that was so interesting. And then last night, it kind of like brought all of those like feelings back from the first time I saw it. And today, just kind of in the, uh, oh, what's the word? Just the the aftermath of like what, having watched it. I was just like kind of had that like giddy like excitement about like, <laughs> oh, this fun, fun uh, world that we got to like live mm-hmm. in. Oh, which which reminds me, um, have you been to the Pandora world in uh, Disney World? I think it's in Epcot or Animal Kingdom. It's in Animal Kingdom. And yes, I have. I have not been there, but I've really, really wanted to go there, especially in this movie when they go in the mm-hmm. Hallelujah Mountains and see that. I know that they've like created that in that park. And that's something yes. that I really, really want to like go see. So yeah, you should definitely go see it. For sure. It's really cool at night because they like recreate the bioluminescence feel. Um, It is really cool. I've never ridden the ride because I just don't feel like waiting three hours. Um, But I hear the ride is really wonderful as well. But it is a really, really cool part of the park for sure. Awesome. Yeah, you got to do it. Spend the money. Come on over. Sydney, (laughs) I just have to convince her to go on a trip with me because she hates vacations. That is not true. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I never, I don't like roller coasters. And so I love Disneyland because it's all like really small for the most part. I mean, there's some big things like um, the Incredicoaster and Tower of Terror and stuff, but I've never really had the desire to go to Ep- uh, to go to Disney World because I hear it's more roller coasters and bigger rides and I'm just not a fan of that kind of thing. And so, I mean, I would love I to go to Florida, but I don't think there's very, very many roller coasters in Disney World. Yeah, I can only think of Expedition Everest is probably one that would be too roller coastery for you. It's rock- not even open right now, so oh, it's not even an option. Uh, rock and roller coaster in Hollywood Studios is actually yeah. one of my favorite rides. I love it, but it definitely I do too like much that for you. <laughs> but there's so many. I feel like a lot of the rides are like rides. Not roller coasters. Gotcha. You should do it. Okay. Do you maybe. like Harry Potter? Yes. And then you could go over to Universal and explore Harry Potter World. <sighs> okay. Maybe we do have to go then. <laughs> yes. And drink all the butter beer because it is so good. That's what I've heard. That was so good. So good. See, yeah. you got to come. Check yes. out Pandora and then check out Green Gots. Here we go. Do it. Crossover event of the century. <laughs> <laughs> of the century. <laughs> But yeah, it is pretty cool. They did a really good job. I don't know. I don't have any other thoughts. I don't think about this movie. You, Sid? No. What about you? I'm good. I think I said everything. Plus right. more. Great. I think now we can uh, start the the main part of this episode now where we play a bunch of uh, get to know you games. <laughs> oh, good. Yay. Favorite. I'm excited. Oh, great. <laughs> Let's build a bench out of newspaper. <laughs> um, I When I was... Um, a teenager, I would volunteer at this like leadership training course in the summers. It was like a week long thing. And it, it was like the whole week was filled with things like that, where you'd work together as a team. It was like team building and 
one of them that we would do that everybody hated was you had to build a tower of with spaghetti and put a marshmallow on top. Oh my gosh! And and it yeah. Anyway, there was this other game. No, that, I hate those it, things that we played where you'd have one person go look at something built out of Legos, and then he would have to go tell the team like how to recreate it, but he couldn't touch the Legos. He just had mm-hmm. to like tell them how to do it, and it it would be a really fun game. But like each year. The game was just a setup to do like a mock emergency where someone would come in and interrupt the game and say something terrible <gasps> has happened. Someone's hurt. Oh my and then like they have to. Mock emergency. What just happened? <laughs> I wonder if her phone is dying. Sid. Yes. Um, I want you to do your best Tim Curry impersonation. I don't have a Tim Curry impression. I love how I said impressionation and then you said impressionation. <laughs> I don't have a Tim Curry impersonation. Hey, guacamole is re-entering Zoom call. Woohoo! <laughs> You're having a rough time over there. <laughs> That's only fitting for when we talk about this movie when there's like something about the biology of the trees and the mountains and stuff that interfere with all of their electronics. And <laughs> well, you were you're just in time. To re-enter the call, Sydney was about to do a Tim Curry impersonation. I wasn't. <laughs> I don't have a Tim Curry impersonation. Do you have a Jeff Goldblum impersonation? No. Do you have any? No, I don't have any impressions. Sorry. <sighs> Never mind then. Okay. Probably wasn't even worth jumping back on the call then. <laughs> uh, yeah, it seems like it wasn't. <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. What? What a mess. I'm a mess. <laughs> Story of my life. <laughs> All right. I don't even know what we were talking about. Um, I think you were talking about your uh, Boy Scout camp where you guys like fake the emergencies. Oh, yeah. But I don't remember what we were talking about before that. Oh, yeah. It was like the spaghetti with the like marshmallow on top, but it was always like a setup for an emergency. Yeah. Yeah. And and then you left and we figured like your phone was dying or something. And then I like told Sydney, but we'd always use like prosthetics or like blood and gore and stuff and all of the adults would be like hiding away and so like the kids would be left on their own to like figure out what to do and that's kind of fun that's that's the only way to make a get to know you game or a team building game better is to put some horror into it yeah add some blood and guts and yeah you you got a good get to know you game (laughs) did you ever have any kids like faint while you were doing it Mm, i don't know because i was only like I was only there like there's the one year where I like per- like was a camp participant and I don't remember like I-, I had no situational awareness I was just like in shock of like what was going on and I just like couldn't move because like and then the next year I think I was the one that like went in to like interrupt the game to like let them know what happened but we had just had like kind of a poor idea and like poor execution of it and a lot of people like kind of saw through it um but then the other years like we had like I was hiding. So like they looked for, you know, authority figures to like help them and, you know, staff members and nobody was there. So I'm, I'm not sure exactly what ended up happening. Gotcha. That's funny. Kind of concerning to know that you freeze in an emergency. <laughs> no, I froze in an emergency when I was 13 years old. And then like that's the point of the like, ex- like the whole like situation or, you know, simulation is to give you the chance to think like, OK, my first instinct was to do this. If this were to happen again, I should notice that's what my instinct was. And I was taught like to react this way instead. There you go. 
He's better for it because he has already had practice with emergencies. I right. hope so. <laughs> it, I, it was pretty traumatic to learn as a 13-year-old that my first instinct was to do nothing and watch someone die. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds traumatic. <laughs> Especially it's like, I know how to make a tourniquet. Like I know like basic first aid. Here it is. And I could have like put that to use and <laughs> I was frozen. I couldn't do anything. And I, here I am laughing about it as like a, a trauma response. It wasn't funny, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well. All right, Sydney, now it's your turn. What was your most traumatic experience as a 13 year old? <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't know. Um, I don't really have any. I was. I didn't Super expect you to actually think about it. <laughs> I was. That was a uh, rhetorical question asked for comedic purposes. That's funny. <laughs> she starts pouring out all the trauma. That would I don't be know. So sad. Right. Well, actually, when I was thirteen and three months, this happened, and then <laughs> closely followed the next month. And <laughs> that reminds me of. Uh, have you seen the Goonies, Molly? Yes. Um, when the for. Fratellis, or I can't remember their name, when they're um, when they are interrogating Chunk, and they're like, "Tell us everything." And he goes, "Everything," and they're like, "Everything." And he's like, "Well, when I was in third grade, I I made a bag of fake vomit, and I went to the movie theater, and I dumped it out, and I made it sound like this." That's such a good scene. Yeah. Well, I think we're about ready to wrap up then. Awesome. I am actually so tired. Because I was up really late last night finishing that Star Wars episode to release today. Oh, which yeah. I'm really upset about because I um went to publish it and then it didn't even like go over to Spotify. And I've been like back and forth with Spotify support all day. And they were just like, well, we've escalated this because it seems like there was an error on our end, like downloading it or whatever. And I was like, of all of the episodes I've ever like published that were important to listen to on the day that it was like released right. for Star Wars Day. And anyway. that's disappointing. Silly Spotify. All right. Well, we'd like to give a special thank you to our guest, Guacamole. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy I could join. Sorry for all the technical issues along the way. Jeez Louise. No, Those were just uh, sprinkles on top of the nice treat that it was to have you on. <laughs> thank you. We'll have to get you back on when we do a zoo episode or something. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If you watch like We Bought a Zoo or if you go to the zoo or if you have questions about zoos, I'm your or girl. Paul Blart, zookeeper. Oh, yeah. Zookeeper. Wait, those are two different, two different characters in Disney, yeah. but like they're both Kevin James, right? Yes. <laughs> Paul Blart, zookeeper. I like it. Oh, my word. But yeah, I'd love to be back. Thanks for having me. All right. Um, well, is there any, I guess, can we give a shout out to your podcast on here? Like, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Or Yeah, sure. So my podcast is called Silver Screen and Television Dreams. And I have a co-host. Um, she has a different name every time. Um, but <laughs> her name is Isabel. And we are currently working through all the Dylan O'Brien movies. So it comes out every other Friday. So check it out. Great. Thank you. Yeah. We will link to it in our show notes. Great. I was like joking around with 
your brother on the bonus episode we did with him where it's like all the podcasters say like link in the show notes but i've never even learned where the show notes are (laughs) how to put things in there i just assumed that you say link in the show notes and then it just auto populates (laughs) (laughs) just puts it right in there for you (laughs) yeah he's tricky like that (laughs) (laughs) have you seen um what is that hunt for the wilder people Uh uh-uh oh my word it is like it was taika waititi and it's just super quirky and so good that one has it has an animal that dies in it though oh i'll have to check it out though i love him he's so good oh yeah and it's just like super weird humor but like in the best possible way so (laughs) love it all right well this has been thanks for participating our instagrams are at josh underscore is underscore rich and at dip your chicken You can find the podcast on Instagram at TFP underscore pod and at Twitter at TFP underscore show. Be sure to follow us on social media for more fun uh, promotions and surprises and special guests in the near future. If you have any feedback or episode suggestions, send us an email at participating.podcast at gmail.com. Please, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Our cover art is by Vaishon Brandon. You can find him on Instagram at Vaishon Designs and our music is by Mitch Fry. You can find him on Instagram at firefry underscore or at Mitch Fry Music on YouTube. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Thank you, Guacamole, for coming on. Do you have a catchphrase that you want to make up? Make up? Yeah, just like a, you ride off into the wind and you say, hi-ho, silver away. Or, you know, um, just one last, one last chance to put you on the spot. Okay, it's the catchphrase that I always say. And I say it on my podcast, so it's not really made up. But remember who you are. That's what my mom always said to me when I left the house. Remember who you are. And thanks for participating.